0: whether you're introverted, extroverted, or like myself, a little omniverted, which is a combination of both. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Um, It is the idea that um, when you're looking for relationships, um, you don't need a ton. You don't need thousands. You don't need hundreds, right? Uh, If you want to have a rich relational life, it's probably going to be just a handful of people at most, no matter where you fall on that personality spectrum. Um, Because that is what's keeping safety, is uh, knowing that there are trustworthy people who care about you and love you and want the best for you in a way that allows you to be empowered to risk vulnerability and um, move forward in a way that you feel known and loved.
1: (laughs) Well, hello there, and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. Praxis is the college age community of Three Crosses Church in Castro Valley, California, and this podcast exists for the purpose of engaging in conversations that help young people flourish in life and faith. I am your host, Max Critchfield, the pastor of College Age Community here at Three Crosses Church, and we're so glad you're here. Well, in this first season of the Praxis podcast, which has most of which has passed now, it's an incredible odyssey, a journey that we've been on. And we've been talking about emotional and mental health, as well as exploring the connections between uh, mental and emotional health and Christian faith. And we've touched upon a number of significant topics over the course of this season stress, anxiety, grief depression identity. And today I'm going to be talking with my friend and friend of the show, Katie Dennis, skilled therapist and awesome person. So say hello,
0: Katie. Hi. Thanks.
1: (laughs) And we are talking today about relationships, Um, not just romantic relationships, but uh, just connection with others within family, friends, church family, uh, work, you know, just all those places where our life touches the life of another person and they can be a source of incredible joy and rich meaning, but they can also, there can also be frustration and hardship. And we're going to be getting into all of that in today's episode. But before we get there, we have the little segment that we begin each episode with, and that is The Precious Moment. Yes. And this is a time where we just share about something that's brought a smile to our face recently. So uh, Katie, for you, what's um, maybe a precious moment uh, recently that you've had?
0: Yeah, a precious moment uh, happened actually last night, which isn't going to sound too exciting, but it just means a lot to me, is uh, my husband and I, are uh, we moved into a new space and so we're making it our own and so last night we were deciding all the family pictures to put in a family picture wall and then it like spurred little moments of like memories and conversation and learning new things and so that was like actually a project became really fun wow (laughs) that's beautiful i like him (laughs) (laughs) he's pretty great he's pretty great
1: that's that's fantastic thanks for sharing
0: that. yeah how about you
1: um, I think for me, um, I was just having a conversation with my four-year-old daughter recently um, just about, like, about God. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, she was asking about, like, how long does every person live for? Mm. That's what she was asking me about in the car. And I was like, well, every the length of every person's life is, is different. Yeah. Um, but, like, as followers of Jesus, we kind of have this you know, confidence that if we put our trust in Him, we're going to be forever with Him she was like wow that sounds really cool yeah I was like wow so it was just kind of a a neat moment for sure in her little I think I've talked a precious moment on another episode about just hearing her little voice yeah and just seeing the gears turning in her mind yeah and for her to just be asking about like life and and kind of deep things and kind of in her little four-year-old mind and heart was just something that was
0: very precious. Really,
1: you know, touched me. I was been getting emotional and she was just kind of asking these little questions yeah. and just within her understanding, like grasping for meaning, you know, and saying, I want to be with you, dad. You yeah. Know?
0: Like, wow. Uh, <laughs> That'll get your heart.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm tearing up right now. Yeah. I can't see that, but well, Katie can, but you guys can't.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> uh, well, uh, with that, we get into today's show and we begin each one with our disclaimer which is this that this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy this podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public if you need immediate assistance call 988 well relationships yeah um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> i know we talk about relationships and we're thinking like oh you know romantic and that's that's a dimension of it but just thinking about the connections between other people, you know, between yeah. myself and others. And um, I think about just what makes my life rich and meaningful. And it's, you know, the connections I have with other people, you <laughs> know, and it can be this source of great, you know, blessing and, you know, going going on a road trip with friends, you know, meeting up for coffee, uh, just the people we're connected with daily but uh, relationships can also be hard, they and can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of working through the hard sometimes that makes relationships, you know, as as deep perhaps as they could be. So, so I'm excited for today's conversation. Yeah, Let's we'll talk see. about, you know, like man when relationships maybe do get hard, or maybe some of those challenging parts, you know, how can I have rich and meaningful relationship, whether that's with just like a handful of people, you know, if I'm not, you know, we were talking before we were starting the show, we were talking about like introversion and extroversion, you know, and um, for me, I'm more of an introverted person. You know, I do like talking with people, but I really draw energy from like being alone or yeah. just being with a few people. And um, and that that's a good and, and beautiful thing. It we're not talking about like a, a quantity of like, you know, you need to have a, a ton of relationships or something like that. But how can I have richness and, and meaning in the relationships that I do have and work through the challenges that come up, you know, some of the difficulties that happen in connection with others? Yeah. So seeing just at the start talking about. You know, just what what makes a healthy relationship, you know, just with, with any other person? What are some of the earmarks of, of health?
0: Yeah, uh, I think we all have kind of like some uh, general ideas of what we might think a healthy relationship looks like. And part of that is actually connected to like how we feel in the relationship. You know, mm. do we feel cared for, respected, like our voice matters? Is it safe for us, you know? and that those things also contribute to the person that we're in relationship with. Do they feel heard? Do they feel Mm. respected? You know, you wanna have a mutual experience of um, mutual care, concern, investment, you know, over the life of a relationship, recognizing though, of course, that sometimes there's gonna be seasons where maybe you're more invested than the other person is, just like we talked about in the depression episode a little bit. Sometimes there is a season of care but you want the overall pattern or longevity to be like mutual checking in, sharing, honest, trustworthy communication, you know, and really uh, both people giving space for the other to be known and to feel known.
1: Yeah. As you were talking about, you know, listening and mutuality or, you know, reciprocity, okay. that's a pretty big word, but yeah. just kind of a, a sharing a back and forth. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I shared about spiritual direction, you know, several episodes ago and i talked about generous listening. You know, you were saying yeah. it's a phrase that you appreciated. I do. And, um, we talk about this quote from, I think it's an author named David Augsburger. And he said, for most people to be listened to and to be loved are so similar as to be indistinguishable from one another, you know, that to be heard and received, is so close to being loved that they are almost the same thing. Yeah. You know? And, um, that's just kind of what I thought you were sort of underscoring there that really for a healthy relationship, it's this person is receiving me. Yes. This person is hearing and receiving what I'm saying. And then I am in turn doing the same for them. Right. And that there's a, a beauty and a power in that. I was thinking about a relationship I had many years ago and, um, as as kind of the years went on it became like more and more of like a like a drain and i was kind of wasn't sure like why and as i kind of reflected more on it that there wasn't like a mutuality to our relationship you know that this was a person i I had invested a lot in our relationship over many years um and even just like one like little like detail or maybe something that was sort of indicative of that was um like every week or whenever we would meet, I would say, Hey, how, how can I pray for you? Yeah. And, um, but they never asked how to pray for me, you know? And, um, over time that became harder, you <laughs> know, to keep up the investment in the relationship because it was like this person, this is kind of a one way street and that can make it more challenging. And it wasn't just like a season, like you were saying, kind of, when sometimes when people are you know, like in a season of depression, like you were saying that there's going to be, I'm putting in more at different times because I love you and I'm here for you. Right. You know, but it was just kind of like this dawning realization of like, I'm putting into this relationship, but but you're not.
0: Yeah. That, that hurts. It does hurt. And I think kind of what comes to mind when you're saying that as well is a reminder that there are also different types of relationships. You know your role as a pastoral counselor is different than your role as a husband as a father as a friend as a co-worker you know so then that also helps you create a framework for understanding how that relationship will work because if you are in the role of being the pastoral counselor you are going to probably provide more care to the person you're meeting with than they are Mm -hmm. to you but that's a a realistic expected normal part of that relationship dynamic that's not a burden you know, right. or a disappointment, right. you know, but when it comes to, you know, uh, relationships in terms of like friendships or romantic relationships, you know, that's the place where you really want to have a more um, consistent experience of mutual care, understanding, um, you know, being known and feeling loved and safe, you know, and that becomes the normal predicted um, thing that you're looking for in terms of a healthy relationship with friends or. Uh, romantic relationships and hopefully also family relationships although I know that doesn't always work out that way and that's a little out of your control because you can't necessarily (laughs) pick all your family members (laughs) right yeah Right.
1: yeah I think the word that was sort of coming to mind like when you're talking about different roles different relationships are going to look different there's like expectation just asking myself like is my expectation of this relationship correlating with the reality of the relationship mm-hmm. you know obviously if i'm like meeting like even especially spiritual direction for example okay. um and i even tell people that that this is meant to be a one-way street right you know this is like an offering that i'm giving to you in this context where you don't need to feel like you need to reciprocate this to me like, right i'm giving this hour for you to work through you know and listen for god and i'm just i'm adding to that yeah you know um so it wouldn't make sense for me to be expecting reciprocity right you know that mutual sharing in the spiritual direction relationship because it's not built to be that. Yes, you know. But if it is like a, it's it's a long friendship, mm-hmm. you know, something i have invested in for years, you know, that maybe it is more of like a, you know, if you're feeling that dissonance of like I'm I'm hoping, you know, like in a friendship to have that mutuality, yeah. And maybe there's communication that needs to happen, and that's another big topic of relationship. Right. That maybe we'll we'll get into in a, in a second here. Yeah, um, is just communicating about how we're feeling. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. And I do think that gets to kind of this second question that I have here, which is just, you know, relationships I think about, and I'm, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. Let's just say that. Um, (laughs) Me neither. You know, I was just thinking about when I was in my college years and, you know, living, I went away, I I went to school at UC Davis, which is near Sacramento, Mm -hmm. the capital of California here. And you're living in the dorms. I was a part of this big college group that was like a, a hundred people. We went on retreats together. I was a part of a small group. I run into people all the time on campus. Like I just had like relationships coming out the ears, you know, like it just, and we were all in the same stage of life Uh and we were all, you know, wanted the same things. And, um, it just was kind of easy to make connections, you know, we're all doing the same thing and in the same place. And as the years have gone by, um, it just, it gets harder to build meaningful connections and to kind of put yourself out there and, um, really, in any stage of life, there's times when, you know, relationships are this incredible blessing. Uh, and then there's times and seasons in every relationship that are more challenging. Yes. You know, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with a, you know, a spouse, whether it's with a family member. Um And so what are, I mean, I think we all know intuitively and from experience what makes relationships hard, but just kind of from our mental health perspective, you know, what are some things that make relationships challenging?
0: Yeah, some things that uh, make relationships hard are when you feel um, misunderstood or unaccepted or distant from the person that you're trying to have relationship with. And there are different things that contribute to that. I mean, I think the one that people most often have in their mind is um, conflict, you know, and having some kind of confrontation, Mm. Um, but, you know, Gottman, who's like the guru of relationships, you know, years and years of research, you could look up a thousand things on him and it's all research supported, you know, talks about how in relationships there can be expected perpetual issues that couples or, you know, friends or whatever could have existing in their relationship. And that isn't a predictor of failure. The thing that's the predictor of failure is how do you move through them? Mm -hmm. Are you able to move through them? Are you able Mm to build empathy, understanding in the midst of a disagreement? Mm -hmm. And then that creates a potential for like either person to be able to come towards the person that they're trying to have a relationship with because they're really empathizing and understanding what it is that the person is trying to communicate. And isn't that just what communication is? We're communicating a message or an opinion or an idea to feel or be understood, Mm. you know? And so if the listener is able to pause and gain some understanding, then that issue or concern or, you know, disagreement, you know, whatever, dissonance could um, have a potential to come back towards a place of understanding or connection or resolve. So, conflict is the one that people most have in their minds Um, and obviously there are extreme versions of that, in which case you should probably have some pretty strong boundaries, including the um, permission to end relationships. You know, if they're Mm -hmm. harmful, abusive, in those ways, we don't need to do that. (laughs) Yes, We can hope and, you know, many blessings to the person that we need to set a firm boundary with, that they find health and are able to do relationships differently in, in the future. But we don't need to um, put ourselves in a place to be continually hurt in the process. Mm.
1: Yeah, I've used this imagery at different times, you know, in my life, in my working life, that there were people who were just, it was just like a walking conflict. Yeah. It was just always something. And I would tell people, like... It was like walking into a cactus every day. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> and it was like, if you can avoid doing that, you you should. Yes, you know because don't walk into a cactus every day. No, you know, and um, or sometimes like a a guide or like a, a sign of that was maybe if you pull up to a place, you know, workplace, whatever, and you see that person's car and mm-hmm. you're sad, instant you know? dread. Yeah, yeah, that's telling you something I of think. like, I I need to find some way of of resolution. For this situation. And when maybe that's going to this person and, and sharing what I'm feeling. Yeah. Because sometimes, and this is even then like a kind of a, a a faith principle is sometimes we'll talk to other people about the problem that we have with a person instead of talking to the person yes. we have a problem with. Yes. You know? And that can just create more challenge that can maybe often cause more harm than help. If, I mean, there's one thing if we're like seeking counsel for how to, right? you know, engage with communication with somebody, but if it's just, we're kind of talking to everybody except the person that we are having some dissonance with that we're maybe doing more harm than good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. It's what is the motivation in talking to other people about it is the motivation to like vent and get somebody on your side and escalate the feelings that of agitation that you're Mm -hmm. having or is the purpose to like find a tool a skill have people helping you figure out how to communicate in a way that decreases the agitation inside of you and gives potential for a resolve in the relationship and i think even biblically i mean you could tell me (laughs) you're (laughs) the you're the (laughs) theology one uh it is the idea Around the, like, stages, you know, like, going to the person first, giving it your best effort, then needing to pull in someone for extra support if that doesn't work out, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, like, a process in that. And I think there's value in that because I don't want us to get in a cycle of perpetually putting ourselves in an unsafe situation with someone who's unwilling to do a shift or change in behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't want to get under the idea that I have to keep going or keep extending forgiveness or keep whatever in terms of a way that puts me in danger in general Mm. on like a lower level, you know, conflict within relationship kind of idea. Of course. Right. And you could have forgiveness with a person without being still in the unsafe relationship with them so that you're not harboring that unhealth inside you. But I don't want to perpetuate the idea that I'm required to stay in relationship with someone who's unhealthy or harmful to me because it's a ministry opportunity. Mm. I don't want people to feel trapped.
1: No, absolutely. No, I don't think that people should just feel like, oh, I need to stay in this like toxic relationship just because, I mean, I would, I guess we could just say, I don't think that God would be calling you to that. Yeah, You know, I think that that's you know, a spiritual direction thing and a discerning thing of, of just like, I think there'd have to be some really, you'd want to seek wise counsel on that. Of for like, sure. I feel like I want to keep reaching out to this person, yeah. even though it's, it's like hurting me personally. Do you think, you know, do you think it's wise for me to keep doing this? And a lot of times we just have to accept that maybe we're not the person at this time and place to be, in connection with this person that they have their own things that they're working through their own, you know, God knows their story. He's at work in their life and we don't have to feel like we are the person for that moment, especially if it's uh, you know, something where it's, it's hurtful.
0: Yeah. Because the, really what we're hitting on, on is the idea of what is within my control and what's outside of my control. Yeah. What's in my within my control is to live my life in the way that, um, fulfills the person that I want to be in relationships, you know, to try and reconcile, to extend forgiveness in a a way that also allows me to be safe, but it is outside of my control to shift or change someone else's behavior. I can facilitate an opportunity by communicating a boundary or a need or a want or a desire within a relationship, and that gives an opportunity for the person to come towards me and do something different, but I can't actually change their behaviors or you know cause them to act completely different in personality or understanding the other person has to be willing to make a shift in light of what I've shared with them I can't force them Mm.
1: yeah I feel like that can be a really significant thing that can happen in a relationship where it's like oh I just want this person to change you know I care about them and at this like core level just accepting i can't change this person no and in fact i'm harming myself and them by continuing to kind of operate under that
0: assumption that i have to let it go yeah yeah it re- it re- when you mentioned earlier it reminds me of a um co- I had a co-worker relationship when i was also in my early 20s and we had a lot of just like practical kind of mild conflicts and like working together you know But the thing that worked out well is that both of us wanted to have a more positive relationship and working relationship with each other. You know, we were Mm. both working towards the same goal. We wanted to figure out our communication styles, you know? And that was 20 years ago. And I still remember sitting at the table with her. And we haven't worked together in the same environment for 15 years, but she was still a bridesmaid at my wedding. And she's one of my closest friends. We've been friends for 20 years. And it was Mm -hmm. like all those conversations led to us building trust with each other and like figuring out something that worked. And now 20 years later, we're still close friends, but we were both willing, both motivated, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what keeps coming up for me is just, it's just conflict, you know? And a lot of times that's like, we're just avoiding that, like the plague, right? We'll do, I will (laughs) do anything except. (laughs) <laughs> except just like enter into a hard conversation I know I need to have with somebody yeah. you know and I think that that's what's hopeful about even what you're saying there is like there's there's this like blessing on the other side yes. you know I mean it, it might turn out it might not but if it's just like look I, I need to lean into this and and share with this person and, um, and we don't know you know what what could happen um and there's you know I mean we haven't talked much about this you know, in terms of like romantic relationship, yeah. In, in marriage, and you know, I celebrated 15 years of marriage Congrats. this last uh, September. Thank you. Yeah. And um, so much of the depth of relationship that you know my wife and I have are through just the many conflicts and disagreements that just inevitably arise when you're connected with somebody. Mm-hmm. And like when you have that that shared intention of yes. like a hey. Um I I love you. I care about you. This thing has come up between us yes, and I I want to work through. It. I'm not sure how. I don't know how it's right. going to get resolved. You know, you might be right. I might be right. We both we both might be right and wrong at the same time, you know, but I'm going to come to the table and and I want to hear what you're saying. You yeah, know? I'm going to try to understand. Um, that's how relationships are deepened, yes. you know, and to kind of think like, oh, if I'm really, you know, if, if we're really compatible and close, we're never going to have, I think we know enough to know that's, that's silly,
0: I hope you know, do. like yeah.
1: the closer you get with somebody, the more, co- the more conflicts you're going yep. to have because you're like aligning your life with somebody else and we're all unique and different, yes. you know? And so I think to just give people the permission and, and courage to say, you know, lean, lean in. Yes when, um, with a friend, with a family member and it can be scary and and maybe we feel and kind of know intuitively like this person isn't going to receive well what I'm saying to them. And maybe that's, I'm receiving support and, you know, nurture care from other people around Mm -hmm. me because maybe within my own family, it just continues to be hard and I don't see like a resolution on the horizon, but I want to keep loving these people. Right. I think that's when we draw on other relationships, you know, to just, to comfort us when just like the hard reality of estranged relationships continue to kind of linger in our life.
0: Agreed. For sure.
1: I think you kind of named this um, already, but um, one of the things we had written down here was talking about like codependency. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know if that was kind of part of what you were describing earlier, but what is that? What's the difference between just kind of having empathy and what we might call like a codependent relationship?
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, we want to have empathy and understanding. That's like the building blocks for having a healthy relationship of any kind, Um, and that facilitates the idea of understanding other, knowing others and knowing ourselves, right? And so, um, in an empathy, being a part of that relationship, it's the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person, right? But it crosses over into codependency, when that becomes an unhealthy relationship dynamic where one person is giving disproportionately more than the other. So Mm. one person is sacrificing their own needs and well-being for the sake of the other person. And that um, doesn't create a healthy dynamic because in that one person is being cared for at the cost of the other versus, versus both people being cared for in a way that spurs each other on to be the fullness of who they were made to be. Mm. Yeah. So codependency really kind of originated in like um, addiction circles, but it was such okay. a you know great concept um, of how uh, of understanding unhealthy relationship dynamics in general that we kind of have adopted it and brought it into relationship conversations in general. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful and slightly strange idea to believe that boundaries could actually preserve a relationship versus end it. Hmm. And what I mean by that is if you're having um, some difficulties with someone and you feel like they're constantly taking or whatever, there's like resentment that builds frustration, that builds sadness, disappointment, all these things that cause a break in a relationship to start spreading, like a crack. Expanding. Hmm. Whereas if you advocate for your own needs, wants, and desires while respecting the needs, wants, and desires of the other person, that crack actually starts to close and the mm. relationship could actually heal and become something healthy and good again. But we don't always think about that with boundaries. We think it's like pushing the other person away.
1: It's, but it's kind of more like defining the relationship it. so that there can be more health and understanding between two people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that goes back to that kind of like control idea that we talked about a little bit, you know, in a codependent place, when you may be enabling behaviors in a hopes that they might change. You know, you're kind of controlling, trying to control some circumstances, right? Whereas sometimes um, distress or discomfort is actually the motivation for change for the other person. Mm. Mm. And that could actually facilitate them becoming their healthiest version of themselves, you know? Whereas if you're kind of always, oh, it's not that bad, it's okay. You don't have to experience that. Let me do this. (laughs) You know, I Mm. need you to need me kind of idea, right? Mm. Then we're really (laughs) actually limiting Mm. them. Yeah,
1: so for health to come forth, we need to have some of those kind of frank discussions about boundary or about communication or kind of addressing the elephant in the room or the conflict, you know, that we've had. So that we can move into a place of health. And it may be in the continued like avoidance, we're perpetuating cycles of unhealth in a relationship. Exactly. And kind of sabotaging ourselves. Yeah. Because we want we want that relationship to be healthy. You exactly. Know? And it just requires that posture of like leaning in.
0: Yeah. Um, when you just say leaning in, can you share a little bit about what that means?
1: I guess I'm meaning by that. Um <clears throat> I, I share this picture with some people sometimes, and they're like, "Wow, that's that's odd that you remember that." But I remember when I was in elementary school, um, we would have music sometimes, and it was like a lady who would come to our class, and it was pretty like infrequent. Um, but she would like tell stories, and she'd give us like little musical instruments and stuff. And one of the things that we would do was we would do this story called like um, we're going on a bear hunt. Yes. Did you ever do that totally. You yeah. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going
0: um, on a bear on a, hunt. And we
1: would like, we would, yeah, pat our like, yeah. laps, comes to a swamp, you know? Yeah. Um, can't go under it. Yep. Can't go around it. Have to go through it. Squish, squish, squish. Yeah. You know? And so it was this whole like, and then you find the bear in the cave and then you like frantically run back and reverse the story. Yeah. Know? And I just always remember that refrain like, can't go. Under it, can't go around it, have to go through it. Yeah. And um, I just think that that's kind of the reality for relationships yeah. and for a lot of things um, that we avoid, that we know like we have to do, but we just don't want to do. Yeah. You know, because sure. how's it going to turn out? This person's going to be upset. They're going to be disappointed. Like it's going to be difficult. So I'm just going to do something else. I'm just going to try to go around it. But the reality is, you can't go around it. Yeah. You can't go under it. No. You know, you got to go through it. want, you want that resolve in those relationships you want that that rich like mutuality and that that blessing that i think that god intends you know he didn't he created us for connection with other people and um, you have to go through it. Yeah, you do. And so that's kind of what I visualize when I'm talking about leaning in. Is like, yes, there's discomfort. There's there's like the unknown of like how it's going to turn out. I mean, this this might cause a, a break in this relationship. Yeah. And then I'm kind of be left with the sadness of that. But then knowing I did the right thing and I just I need to lean in, you know, just sense God, I think you're this is the direction I, I need to go in. And I do that maybe in conversation with a skilled helper, with a therapist, with a friend, Um, and I'm going to probably, you know, need comfort from people around me if, if it doesn't go well, you know, but, um, I have to go through it and I know I'm going through it with God and with people that care about me Mm -hmm. and, um, that if I want that, just that, that blessing of healthy relationships, there's no way around it. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, like, um, seeing enough potential, for a healthy relationship with a person across from you that you're willing to risk the vulnerability required to go
1: deeper? Mm, Yes. Well, uh, this topic of relationships is so broad. It's so big. And we've just scratched scratched the surface. But I think that we've um, just had some really helpful discussion, hopefully, for folks who might be listening on, maybe if we're feeling a little stuck in a relationship at, at any level, you know, how we might move forward. But as we kind of wrap up today's discussion, anything else we want to say as we kind of land the plane on today's topic?
0: Yeah. The thing I would just mention, which you kind of mentioned briefly earlier is just the idea that whether you're introverted, extroverted, or like myself, a little omniverted, which is a combination (laughs) of both. (laughs) Yes. Love that. Um, I've never heard that before. Oh yeah. That's a real thing. Um, Mm. it is the idea that, um, When you're looking for relationships, um, you don't need a ton. You don't need Mm. thousands. You don't need hundreds, right? Uh, If you want to have a rich relational life, it's probably going to be just a handful of people at most, no matter where you Mm. fall on that personality spectrum. Um, Because that is what's keeping safety is uh, knowing that there are trustworthy people who care about you and love you and want the best for you. In a way that allows you to be empowered to risk vulnerability and um, move forward in a way that you feel known and loved.
1: I'm getting a little teary eyed even as you're saying that, which should not be a surprise if you listen to the previous episodes of this podcast. But, um, you know, just kind of what I was, one of these core convictions of my life. And, uh, you know, I talked a bit about, you know, some of the loss that I've experienced. I know, Katie, we didn't, you know, You being no stranger to loss as well. Yeah. um, That you come, I think, to a deeper appreciation for relationships. You do. You know, perhaps when relationships with people that you love are taken away. Yeah. And um, as I just kind of sit here today, something that I've thought and just kind of underlined in my heart and in my life is I think one of the richest parts of my life are the people that I love and the people that love me. For sure. And there aren't a lot of them. And it takes work to maintain that, and work through the conflicts that happen in that. But um, that is one of the richest gifts. Yeah, it's worth the investment in my life. Yeah, are the people that I love and the people that love me. And so, um, like you said, it's not going to be a ton of people. Uh -uh. It doesn't need to be. Uh -uh. Um, But uh, there's there's blessing there, and uh, we hope that in today's conversation, maybe there was some uh, help for direction for you, whatever your relationship status Uh may be um, to find some of that blessing that God has for us in connection with Christian community, friends, family, romantic relationship, whatever that might look like in the future uh, that God has for each of us. Yeah. Well, um, as we began, we close with our disclaimer, which is this, that this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, please call 988. Well, I want to say a huge thank you to Katie, our guest today, for helping us engage with this really important topic. Katie, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to you for listening. We hope that you found today's conversation helpful. And perhaps if it raised questions for you, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at praxispodcast at threecrosses.org. And we hope to catch you again soon. This is the Praxis Podcast. Have a great day.